Yeah, I got a t- I got a tea time this morning. It actually, comes with uh, with lunch as well. Playing at the local local course just down the street. Free draft God, beer dude. and a and a We're lunch. We're so old. I know. <laughs> Sending I know. out that text message is like, when do you want to do it? It's like I could do it before eight a.m. before I have to do yard work. And you're like, I have an early tea time. It's like, oh my god, man. Like, well, I felt I felt happened? bad. I felt bad because you know, like when you're and this, I guess, is a sign of being old. And I was making the tea time. I was thinking like, there's something I think I committed to on Saturday morning, and I had forgotten that we had agreed to podcast. But I at least you could thank me for my service for showing up. Yes, the, thank, you, the for, other thank you for third, your service. The other third of our podcast is missing right now. Has Toilet gone has been apprehended by the FBI for his yeah. role in the January 6th storming of the <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a Midworse podcast where uh, we talk about our our uh, podcast hosts and their role in the uh, January 6th riots. My name is Sack. And my name is Luke. Um Speaking of having roles in the January 6th riot, Zach, I believe that you have a feature from the New York Times for us this morning. I yeah. don't know if you're ready to get spicy, but this week, folks, the boys are talking about politics. And that's We're going to do to- Toilet isn't here. Yeah, that's why Toilet isn't here. The lone, uh, the lone, the lone far right extremist is not on the <laughs> podcast today. You're going to get. You're gonna get left. You get left in Karl Marx ideologies here on a Midwest podcast. Yeah, definitely not the public sector union employee. Because <laughs> when you because when you think of the Midwest, you think of Karl Marx. I mean, you think of labor organization. I guess if you're thinking about a specific period of time between 1890 and 1920. Yeah, but before our grandfathers were born. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before our grandfathers were born, my grandfather uh, didn't even live in the Midwest until the 1970s. So, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about that too. Okay, so this is this is this is a spi- this is a spicy article. Do you do you want to just do it? Should we do a read along? Yeah, I mean, we could do okay. a read-along. Yeah, we'll I will do, we'll say that, like, uh, go ahead. We can get started. Okay, so this is by uh, a tech writer for the New York Times, <sighs> published June 8th, 2021. So it's pretty frequent. What, about a week and a half ago? Who wrote it? Who's on the byline? Kevin Ruse, I believe is his name. How do you spell he that? He is R-O-O-S-E. He is, um, he, he works with, uh, do you know Kara Swisher? She's like no, I have no idea who that is. She's kind of like one of the top tech writers at the uh, um, tech writers, strategists that sort of that sort of role at the New York Times. And an absolutely cursed desk, by the way, being the tech writer at the New York Times, a, a publication that's like committed to being luddites. Okay, we got to get the light on for this one, folks. We're gonna get some Again, light. Another, another, another side, sign of us being old. I need to turn on the light to read a little bit better. Actually, it's more so Luke could actually see my face. Okay, so this was published in the Shift, and we have a picture Ooh. of a um, kind of like a Dustin Johnson looking character, okay. but much more comical, like in a Looney Tunes, the Looney Tunes tunnel backdrop, and he's like holding. <laughs> He's holding a large receipt in like a 3D foreground sort of thing, and he's scratching his head as he uh, as he looks at this receipt. So, the title is called "Farewell Millennial Lifestyle Subsidy." The price. Uh, by for- the way, Kevin Roos looks like I think it's supposed to be like a caricature of him because he's kind of a 
Dustin Johnson looking older millennial red beard yeah. type. Yeah, red beard type. Mm-hmm. Definitely bought into Epic Bacon Sriracha in oh, 2012. Yeah. The the Narwhal Bacon said midnight in 2010 <laughs> for this guy. <laughs> okay, so farewell millennial lifestyle subsidy is the name of the article. And here's the here's like the what's this called the snippet. The price for Ubers, scooters, and Airbnb rentals is going up as tech companies aim for profitability. Okay. No you know. way. You're- tech companies trying to go for profitability, please. I have this as a point that we have to talk about later on, but it, it kind of dovetails with that WeWork documentary. That's like yeah, a bunch I will of say, delusional people. What's funny is when you sent this to us and like I pulled it up on my phone, I couldn't even read the article because I <laughs> ran out of free articles on the New York Times. <laughs> so farewell my lifestyle subsidy of pirating New York Times articles as well. Do I, who's, do, does Jeff Bezos own the New York Times? No, he owns the oh, Washington okay. Post. Well, shit. He's... The New York Times is probably owned by, like, I don't know, Qatar or something like that. <laughs> like like UAE-based venture capital private equity company. Oh, spe- speaking of speaking of UAE, it reminds me of Qatar, it reminds me of soccer. How's our Germany bet doing? It's not, it's not doing well. They've got a big game against uh, Portugal today. They lost to France in the opener. Only one but nil. France, but France is good, though, right? Should we take away some moral victory for that? France is good. Germany uh, could have lost that game by far more. So I guess that's a moral victory. But, uh, yeah, they need to beat Portugal today like 3-0. That would be uh, just a delightful turn of events. Okay, gotcha. Because, yeah, aggregate matters. Yeah, it, it very much does, and especially in a tournament where third places can make the knockout rounds. Um, is it kind of like okay? You know, we'll we'll talk we'll touch base about this later. We gotta get back. We gotta land the plane. We gotta get back. Or right, we gotta, we gotta, d- we gotta get the, the plane take off. <laughs> no, we gotta. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta. We gotta get the scooter up and going. Um, mm. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna start off. So this is by Kevin Roos. A few years ago, while on a work trip in Los Angeles, I hailed an Uber for a crosstown ride during rush hour. I knew, it Taxi. Would be a, <laughs> I knew it would be I knew it would be a long trip and I steeled myself to fork over sixty or seventy dollars. Acceptable, right? That's a good expectation. Instead, the app spit out a price that made my jaw drop. Sixteen dollars. Experiences like this were common during the golden era of the millennial lifestyle subsidy all uppercase. Which is what I like to call the period Sweet. from roughly two thousand and twelve through early twenty twenty. When many of the daily activities of the big city 20 and 30-somethings were being quietly underwritten by Silicon Valley venture capitalists. So, you know, a couple things I want to pull out there. I, I do love the ode to Bill Simmons, the the obscure eight-year period, instead of, like, making it, <laughs> which, again, would be another ode to Bill Simmons, which would be a, a, a decade. But Also yeah, capitalizing, saying, like, a, just, like, a phrase that you're trying to, like, hammer home in Exactly, your yeah, Millennial Lifestyle Subsidy, which is, uh, yeah, all capitalized. I would um, bet, like, $1,000 that Kevin applied to write at Grantland and be, like, <laughs> when they were doing, like, the tech thing or, like, the ringer. Oh, ringer, like, the, for sure. Yeah, this guy is, like, definite. I mean, like, the New York Times is obviously a much more prestigious gig, but I would not be surprised if there's a he resume had, floating around. He had his own... He had his he had his resume just like specifically made for the ringer. Like yeah. he has his nor he has his general one and then he has his ringer version. 
I also like that the tone of this is immediately like we should be thanking Silicon Valley venture That's capitalists yeah. for thank the you, lifestyle. Business daddies. Yes. Thank thank you for the lifestyle that we've been able to lead so far. Which, we are so appreciative of what you've given us so selflessly which, over the by past the way, eight years. By the way, we would never we would never drag SeatGeek down into this. No, because we, that's we, definitely we going never. to be our first. That is for sure going to be our first sponsor at some point. Absolutely. Uh, use, use, promo not. Not. use promo code TOILET. Use promo code TOILET. Use promo code TOILET to get an empty seat next to you at a sporting Speaking event. Speaking of promo code TOILET, he just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dude, the message we got from TOILET says, whoops. <laughs> uh, TOILET, come on the pod. All right, continue. Hold on. Again, as an old man, I just lost it. Well, I mean, there is something to be said about us getting used to, like, $15 Uber rides, Yeah, right? I mean, I guess the impetus of this never... conversation was I was in Miami for vacation, yeah. and, like, I, we, like, were staying in Mid-Beach, and we were going to South Beach every night, and, like, we've just gotten used to being able to summon an Uber for a relatively uh yeah for a low amount of money for right? a low amount of money it show up within like 15 minutes and take you where you need to go and that is just straight up over like that is not happening right what now. what was what was your quoted price i mean it would typically be like 35 to 40 dollars for the trip and mm-hmm. it would we would need to order it like a half hour to 45 minutes in advance yeah. so, so that we could like, crazy. plan around it it's becoming more of a car service yeah. Then, and, then, and, like, and I mean, then like, like a taxi substitute, which it was what it was like first originally billed as. Yeah. I mean, if you like think about it, like, oh, I'm getting a chauffeur that I can like just basically summon from my phone at will. Then that price makes a lot of sense. Do you do you think taxis are going to start coming back now? Yeah. Taxis are back. It's like the same thing. that <laughs> Taxis <happened>. are back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure like you saw the Twitter thing where it's like hotels are back. Like Airbnb yeah. sucks yeah. now. Like well, that's, I am that's not paying this amount here. of money to like do chores. Yeah, sorry. We can we'll let Kevin well, thank Airbnb yeah. for destroying San Francisco and well, then like charging more money. What I find interesting though is like you and I sort of came up in an age of starting to plan our own vacations, right? Because we're thirty somethings. We're, we're we thirty up, nothings. Thank you very we're 30 much. Nothings. We're both thirty. Um, and we would plan trips like, you know, when we plan bachelor parties or planning like Austin trips or something like that. Like we never once thought about renting a car because no. we're just like, oh, we'll just fucking get Ubers. And it would be yeah. cheaper for us to get Ubers than it would be for us to rent a car. Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess this is like, this is like, no wonder we're kind of like having issue. We're probably having some issues with this collectively as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, population group because we don't know how to plan for this shit anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, we came up in a generation where, like, somehow people don't understand how to use the taxi stand at the airport, right? <laughs> like, I, I know I know people who would, like, arrive at an airport and order yeah. a lift, and it's like, no, there's just, like, a place where you can get a cab. Like, you don't have to worry about this, like, lift. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you big-time airport taxi guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you go to nice. the taxi stand. They're always there. What's up? toilet hello toilet. toilet late to the party my bad oh, it's okay we we've spent 15 minutes going through three paragraphs of a new york times article <laughs> oh wait the the millennial one yes exactly <laughs> yes. okay I, I wasn't able to read that one was that required we're, we're going we're going well 
you know, I'll go back. I'll go back. I'll go back and start from the top. We've only made it about one one, sentence. We've made it like half a. We've made it half a page scroll on (laughs) an iPhone right now. So yeah, we got to keep going. Okay, I'm gonna go back and start. So a few years ago, while on a work trip in Los Angeles, I hailed an Uber for a crosstown ride during rush hour. I knew it would be a long trip, and I steeled myself to fork over sixty or seventy dollars. Instead, the app spit out a price that made my jaw drop: sixteen bucks. Experiences like these were common during the golden era of the capitalized millennial lifestyle subsidy, which is what I like to call the period from roughly 2012 through early 2020, when many of the daily activities of big city 20 and 30-somethings were being quietly underwritten by Silicon Valley venture capitalists. Okay, so now you're picking up with the rest of us. For years, these these subsidies allowed us to live Balenciaga lifestyles on Banana Republic budgets. Boo. Collectively, we t- God. Hey, God where's the banana? <laughs> why is the Banana Republic slander? You want to be? You know what? We'll cape for Banana Republic. Yeah, if, we'll if, this guy's talking about like millennial lifestyle subsidies. It's like who who the fuck is buying Balenciaga? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've got my, my nine hundred dollar crew neck. <laughs> you can get the knockoff on Wish.com. That's probably what the millennials are buying. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm making I'm making like fifty two thousand dollars entry level, and I'm gonna buy Balenciaga for work. How you doing? Collectively, we took millions of cheap Uber and Lyft rides, shuttling ourselves around like bourgeois royalty while splitting the bill with those companies' investors. We pl- thanks, thank you, Kevin Durant, for, for allowing thank, us to thank you, companies' investors. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Kevin Durant, and um, whoever that Silicon Valley guy was, Peter Thiel. Right, I'm sure oh, he was envisioned. Thank you, Peter Thiel. Oh my thank goodness, thank you, Peter Thiel, my favorite person. We we plunged MoviePass into bankruptcy. I think Luke, you you were you were instrumental in that. What, what do we? What does he mean? We plunged MoviePass into bankruptcy, as if MoviePass was not an unsustainable business model from the get go. Yeah, it's like yep. It's like, oh, we plunged Enron into bankruptcy. <laughs> like, what is this we that it, like is taking fault here? We plunged MoviePass into bankruptcy by taking advantage of its nine ninety five a month all you can watch movie ticket deal and took so many subsidized spin classes that ClassPass was forced to cancel its ninety nine dollar a month unlimited plan. Oh I find that God. kind of unbelievable that a ninety nine dollar a month unlimited plan had to like had was forced to cancel because people took so many spin classes. But whatever. I mean, I've I've you could you could get like for a hundred dollars a month you can get like a lifetime fitness like top-of-the-line membership and take as many classes as you want. I don't really get that one so well, much. But, okay. the culture, Zach. You're paying for the culture. The culture. Yeah, and I I also think that you're, like, missing that a spin or a soul cycle class. Spin cycle. Thinking about a washing machine. A soul cycle class is, like, 45 bucks for a half yeah. hour. Pass, pass. We like, filled a grave- bar class is, like, 60 bucks. It's crazy. Double pass. We filled graveyards with the carcasses of food delivery startups. Maple Sprig, Spoon Rocket, Munchery, just by accepting their offers on underpriced oh. gourmet meals. Which, by the way, we are we are we are contractually obligated to mention that Till Person Fartita was like the reason that Waiter, um, one of those food one of those food delivery apps, failed. So we got to bring up Till Person. Shut up and listen, Luke. Just like like insane that he would bring up food delivery services like the specific segment of these businesses that are absolutely slaughtering actual small businesses with like delivery fees and like charges like like they're they're literally killing restaurants at the moment like oh my goodness it's like i'm so sorry that some of them didn't work out and now they're all owned by like 
one company too. Like DoorDash, Postmates, Caviar. That's like one company. These companies, investors didn't set out to bankroll our decadence. Decadence, that's not quite the word. Um, They were just trying to get traction for their startups, all of which needed to attract customers quickly to establish a dominant market position, elbow out competitors, and justify their soaring valuations. So they flooded these companies with cash, which often got passed on to users in the form of artificially low prices and generous incentives. I will will give him this. I mean – we, I, I was, I was not smart enough to pick this apart with Uber, but like I had gotten used to the fact that I could have got, I could get from like the Loop in Chicago to North Center for like, you know, seventeen dollars one way, which is it, which is like what five, six miles or so in traffic. But yeah. you're saying it's a pretty good deal. Well, what it was, but it makes it makes sense that you know they were they were like we had these artificially low prices on this, and so like. Yeah, this is the tone of this is like we got to feel bad for business daddy for a little bit, but also, um, also like we were sort of you know there there was like this ramp up period that none of us you know none of us were paying attention to, and then all of a sudden you get slapped in the face with forty five minute wait times for Ubers and like three x price. Also, he's he's really burying the lead here about like what was like diminishing these companies' profitability because like the where uber was losing money was like not on that trip that you're talking about zach it was like on expansion to the suburbs and like having it available everywhere like in cities uber was profitable like there are like specific segments of the business where they were trying to go where it was unprofitable but i think that like this like oh you know they were like floating us with cash is like kind of bullshit to be totally honest with you. Like taxis are still profitable, even with high medallion prices at a way lower price than what Ubers are charging right now. It's just like people don't know how to use taxis. Now users are noticing for the first time, whether because of disappearing subsidies or merely an end of pandemic demand surge, their luxury habits actually carry luxury price tags. Today, my Uber ride from, this is quote, today, my Uber ride from Midtown to JFK cost me as much Sweet. as my flight from JFK to San Francisco. Oh, End my quote. God. Sonny, Sonny Madra, oh, my God, this is going to make you roll your eyes out of your skull. Sonny Madra, a vice president at Ford's Venture Incubator, recently tweeted along with a screenshot of a receipt that showed he had spent nearly 250 on a ride to the airport. No, no, Ford spent 250 yeah, seriously. On, a ride to, on a ride to the airport. <laughs> this is great, this quote. Quote, Airbnb got too much dip on their chip, another Twitter user complained. No one is going to continue to pay $500 to stay in an apartment for two days when they can pay 300 for a hotel stay that has a pool, room, service, free breakfast, and cleaning every day. Like, get real, lol. Wow. Way to include that, like, sweet tweet. Like, talk about lazy writing, too. It's like, let me go to Twitter to see what they have on the subject. Yeah, yeah, let me, let me, it's it's like when, like, Trump used to, like, retweet somebody with, like, 14 followers. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Mr. President. You're doing a great job. Like, look what... look what jim from uh hattiesburg mississippi is saying about the president like that's lion chuck schumer has too much dip on they chip (laughs) (laughs) 
Some of these some of these companies have been tightening their belts for years, but the pandemic seems to have emptied what was left of the bargain bin. The average yeah, Uber and Lyft I'm, ride. I'm going to go to Grubhub CEO's house and see how many like belts are being tightened there. <laughs> uh, mine was being loosened during the pandemic because I gained a few LBs. If you catch me, the average Uber and Lyft ride costs forty percent more than it did a year ago, according to Rakuten Intelligence. And food delivery apps like DoorDash and Grubhub have been steadily increasing their fees over the past year. There you go, Luke, killing the small businesses. Uh, the average daily rate of an Airbnb rental increased 35% in the first quarter of 2021 compared with the same quarter of the year before, according to the company's financial filings. Cool. Good. I mean, like, good. Like, especially for Airbnb. Like, they have to understand, like... the that like business model like has some like pretty negative implications like in theory it's one of those good things but it's like smart that well i don't want to say it's smart but like realizing the actual cost of that is like good i feel like everybody loved airbnb at first kind of like uber because they're like look at this cheap ass alternative to yeah hotels and you know we made use of it staying at some like group airbnbs and stuff like that but like i i recently looked it up for trip that katie and i took to the gulf coast and like there was it probably was a better deal to stay at a hotel yeah i did the same thing i'm going to yinzer country in august and uh we need a space for like five or six of us we thought like a larger home would be like the perfect situation compared to a hotel and it's like double the price to stay in like one of those like kitschy cottages out in the mountain. It's like just stay in a Hilton in downtown of the city that we're supposed to be in anyway. So we're just gonna stay at the Hilton. Welcome to my Yinzer paradise, <clears throat> where and, we and have the... we have Steelers memorabilia on every single square inch <laughs> the of the Steelers wall. man cave. We have Airbnb. Yingling. We have Yingling taps. The whole every single room has a theme. It's a we... different era of the Steelers. <laughs> they have a Wawa built into the side no, of one of the houses. Sheets. Oh, sheets. sheets. It's oh, sheets we have sheets. Yeah, and you have plenty of water. <laughs> that's also that's also a Philly thing. Also a Philly thing. <laughs> Fuck. It's all the same state, right? It's yeah. also it's a big state though. It's a big state. People forget Pennsylvania, large state. Everybody large. remembers Pennsylvania every four years. Wide and thick state. Wide and thick state. That's like ten, that's like Tennessee. Actually, I learned some fact that to go from Memphis up to so that's the southwest corner of the state mm-hmm. to go across to the north. And you might have told me this toilet. I forgot who told me this to go to the northeast corner of of Tennessee, which is like Bristol. Yeah. It actually takes the same amount of time, or it's the same amount of distance as it would be to go from Nashville to Canada. That's wild. That's like how that's how wide. And don't nobody, none of the listeners fact check this. Okay, this was like yeah, don't look this it was up. like a party. Mom, thing. don't look this like, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mom, don't look this up. This body, don't look this up. Okay, slim thick parallelograms such as Tennessee. <laughs> the slim thick parallelogram okay let's keep going part of what's happening is, is that as demand for these services soars companies that once had to compete for customers are now dealing with an overabundance of them uber and lyft have been struggling with a driver shortage and airbnb rates reflect surging demand for summer getaways and a so- shortage of available listings in the past companies might have offered promotions or incentives to keep customers from getting sticker shock and taking their business elsewhere i'm going to take that i am going to take my business to the hilton but now they're either shifting subsidies to the provider side. Uber, for example, recently set up a 250 mile, 250 million, excuse me, driver stimulus fund, or doing away with them altogether. Okay, and here we go. This is where Kevin gets personal. 
I'll confess, I gleefully took part in this subsidized economy for years. Shut the fuck up, Kevin. My colleague, <laughs> my colleague Kara Swisher, memorably called it, in quotes, assisted living for millennials. <laughs> I mean, I have like, I have like such a broader take on this, but like, looking at let's, like the the. Let's get to the end of this segment. Let's get okay. to the end of this segment because there's a lot of good ones in here that definitely carcasses of of advertisements and and uh uh startups that i remember seeing ads for on the l train all the time uh i got my laundry delivered by washio my house cleaned by Homejoy, and my car valet parked by lux all startups have oh promised God. cheap cheap revolutionary on-demand services but shut down after failing to turn a profit i even bought a used car through a venture-backed startup called beepy which offered white glove service and mysteriously low prices in which (laughs) delivered the car to be wrapped in a giant bow like you see in the TV commercials. Unsurprisingly, BP shut down in 2017 after burning through $150 in venture capital. This sounds like a you problem, Kevin. Okay. Okay, so you you go. You go, Luke. I think there's a lot to unpack in this. I I mean, my broader thoughts on this article, and it's like – bemoaning like millennials like finally realizing the actual costs for things like taxis and hotels when over the past like 40 years they're under like significantly more financial strain than previous generations like sorry we're saving like five bucks on a cab trip when the cost of housing has increased like 200 percent. when the cost of a college education is like five times more than it was for our parents generation and like nobody can afford to do shit like sorry that like some things are like relatively inexpensive compared to that like we're getting less with like the value of our degrees. We're getting less in terms of what we're able to afford in a home. Like shut the fuck up and let us stay in a cabin for like a hundred dollars cheaper than what it would have been like ten years ago. Yeah. Give us more venture capital business daddy money. Speaking of business daddy, I think we should work on some kind of startup where it's infinitely cheaper to have a kid. Maybe like <laughs> someone <laughs> raises the kid for you you don't actually have to do any of the parenting and things like that <laughs> because they people keep, keep complaining that millennials aren't having kids but if you had some kind of neato app and then you didn't have to do any of the work i think they'd be pretty sweet it's a great it's a great when we will be when we finally have our podcast empire up and going when we have our our uh tongue-in-cheek periodical toilet you can write that you can write that article okay so, sweet. some silicon valley style boarding school <laughs> yeah, perfect. Where they just create more app, it's a self-sustaining economy. It's called Hoogwurts, yeah. and it, without the <laughs> and you send your dipshit British children there, and they like get like paddled by some elderly gentleman, and that's what we call like stiff upper lip uh, child rearing. I guess one of my one of my biggest bones to pick on this segment is or section is the revolutionary on demand services. I don't know if you watched that WeWork documentary about their founder, but he's like kind of like fucking crazy, and all these things like all these businesses and services in this VC world are like trying to say that hey, we're gonna revolutionize the world, right? We're gonna we're gonna change shit. No, you're just offering fucking laundry service, Washio. Like BP, you're just giving me an under under val- underpriced car. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. I'm kind of upset I didn't get a BP when I had this. <laughs> I mean, this fucking delusionment that you're like, 
like you're gonna change you're gonna change the world we're gonna with revolutionize their, like, uh, escort services <laughs> oh what would that be called hooker oh yeah h-o-o-k-r yeah <laughs> Oh, so, great article and also like he's the one who's like using all of this like this is not a normal experience like sure like i'm pretty sure that most people of our generation have used uber and lyft and like maybe airbnb but like nobody's using the on-demand laundry service and the on-demand yeah, car that, buying service yeah good 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 call luke i was like i was wondering who's actually using this also who That's buys a car in midtown come on man well he also well he bought the car and then he had Lux valet park it, which I, I get, I, what do you just drop it off in front of your apartment and some dude sitting there like, yeah, I'll drive it up and down the street until I find street parking for you. And then how you get your key back. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. It's oh, a good, I guess the guy brings, you know, he brings his, your car back to you and they have like a little box where they store all the keys. Luxury Lux. A nice little black box with a black bow on it. Classic. Like living in this specific area of the country where all of these things were available and using all of them sounds like a Kevin problem, especially because he could probably like write it off as a business expense because he's the tech writer for the New York Times. No, uh, toilet. I got a question. My pee car. <laughs> I got. Well, I got. Well, I got. A, I got a question. Like you, you were you were a suburban millennial right out of school. Big time. So like. Did you even really notice any of this shit besides Uber? Um, no, I definitely okay. used Uber sometimes to like if we were going out to the bars or whatnot. I didn't want a DD. Uh, maybe maybe five times in the last eight plus years, so not very yeah. frequently. Um, but it was nice to have a cheap alternative because it was much cheaper than hailing a taxi or things like that. Uh, but I did notice the last time that I got a ride from the airport that um, I don't live that far from. O'Hare is probably 20 minutes and it was like $40 and I was like oh I did not really expect it to be that much but yeah um, I suppose that, it was high traffic at, diamond airport. at that point you might as well just like get like a town car to come pick you up yeah it might be cheaper to switch back like you said all these things priced out some of these small businesses originally but now it might be cheaper just to switch back we can we can make we can make it through the rest of this article but it's just a it's a lot more of like just running running the numbers especially talking about bird scooters and that and and, they're, and that they are like losing a ton of money and all of a sudden hey we just have to up our prices and now we're profitable that's hashtag business for you right there luke you don't have how to much, go to business school to figure that one out how much does a bird scooter cost Oh, he said it's uh, a bird now costs uh, one dollar plus forty two cents a minute. What a minute? They, they did like taxi prices. What was it before? Like two dollars flat or something like that? Uh, I think it was one. Uh, it was one dollar started rather than fifteen cents a minute. Uh, also, like no evaluation of like what that profit margin is, and like if that profit margin is like sustainable or not. Like we, we're not doing that. Like simply to turn a profit, but like how much? Uh, he said they're making about a dollar forty three in profit for every ten dollar ride. So there you go. Now that's a lot. Yeah. Those are pretty pretty wide yeah. margins. They honestly. were originally they're originally losing when they first started at the first price at that first price price point they were losing nine dollars and 66 for every ten dollar ride or ten yeah ten dollar ride 
They could probably save some money if they did a um, breathalyzer ignition key. <laughs> well, yeah, they're talking about how it, like they didn't build into that price model the amount of scooters that were going to end up in Lake Michigan or the Cumberland <laughs> River or like the whatever the Colorado River in Austin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, that, that's for birds specifically, right? Yeah, it's for birds specifically, but he he used it as his. Uh, as his harbinger of the of the of that economy man guys i tell you as a millennial i'm uh, it's been a gravy train up until this point there haven't been like three separate financial collapses in the past 20 years yeah uh housing market crash there hasn't been like 2001 it's, it's been a smooth really ride other up than until those this point, things. and <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to, you know, just, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps over the next, you know, ten years as we like actually get into the age where we were supposed to own things we don't, but now it's more expensive to do so. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for uh, enter- entertaining me and reading farewell to millennial lifestyle lifestyle subsidy. It's up there with what Hemingway wrote, A Farewell to Arms. <sighs> Kevin Roos, A Farewell I, to the Millennial Lifestyle Subject. I still have his picture pulled up because I was looking at Kevin. He's like, like imagine in all of your professional headshots, like the vibe that I'm going for is smug every single time. You know, like, I mean, he's a writer at the New York Times, so I guess that comes with the territory. Yeah. But this dude is just like the smuggest person there. I have to be other than the opinion writers, of course, because they get paid <laughs> just to like go off in like the newspaper. But this guy is a close second. I'm trying to think who he looks like, kind of like a Robert Mays. Yeah, Robert Mays and Jeremy Renner. He wishes he looked like Jeremy Renner, dude. <laughs> well, like a, like a like a like a like a. Like a normal guy, Jeremy Renner, not like actually Jeremy Renner. You look like Renner actual plus thirty pounds, maybe. Yeah, Ooh. that's why I'm trying. Well, I was trying to be nice and call him a uh, uh, normal guy. You guys didn't respond to my speaking of New York Times. You didn't respond to my New York Times article that was talking about the. Uh, we can't read them, dude. We were uh, out of free articles. Yeah, not subscribe, bro. Well, they were. They were. There is an opinion piece about how the uh, fat husband always gets the attractive wife in American sitcoms. Oh wow! Shocking that they do like that. And, and one of them was brought up was a was two of them brought up were animated shows in The Simpsons and Family Guy. Which Simpsons, I find kind of funny. Family Guy, uh, King of Queens. I assume. Yeah, yeah. King, King of Queens was like the number one. Does does uh, I guess going all the way back to like what was the Al Bundy show? I always married, forget. married with children. Yeah, married. Well, they with they didn't toss that. They didn't say that one because Ed Ed O'Neill was a good looking dude back then. Sure, I mean, sure. I mean, I guess Modern Family too, where it's like, right, but Modern Family was brought up. My wife they, is yeah. Sophia Vergara. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, uh, toilet. We are also talking earlier before we recorded about uh, Darren Ravel tweeted out the 10 year anniversary of a, a day. I'm sure you remember so well when the Boston Bruins had a legendary, legendary bar receipt in Vegas. Oh, I think I do remember this going viral a long time ago. 
Yeah, but did you really know? Did you want to be reminded of the ten year anniversary of that day? I'm uh, maybe I'm confusing it with like a like a rookie dinner or something, and it was like the the lineman of the Broncos went out to dinner and spent like forty thousand dollars at the steakhouse. <laughs> and they stiffed it. They stiffed it on the undrafted free agent. Yeah. Rookie. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> this was you, after. Oh, a, what was the name of that? White after they won receiver. the Stanley Cup. Okay. What was the name of the white wide receiver on the Bears who we Cole were Tanner Beasley? Gentry? Oh yeah, Tanner Gentry. Here you go, Tanner Gentry. Here's a sixty thousand dollar <laughs> check from Gibson's. Um I apologize. I went uh silent mode because I did just get caught up in the group chat and I just read Cole Beasley's notes app, which I uh, would do we, do we want to go into that? <laughs> do we want do we want to go into the uh I need to do more research crowd? Oh, they just man. asking questions, people. Yeah, the, you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not asking. I'm not su- suggesting anything. Just asking questions. He, he's not doing that. He's just like straight up. I'm gonna live my life, and that means like I'm not getting the vaccine, as if that's like a significant impingement on living your life. Yeah, Guys, yeah but he's just gotta fucking understand that there's fucking consequences to his decisions, like. He's pissed off. I don't know if you saw this stuff earlier in the day, but he's pissed off about the NFLPA basically like re- like walking back all of the shit they did for COVID last year for people who are, for players who are vaccinated. They're like you don't have to like you don't have to socially distance. You can eat in the cafeteria and all that shit and all you, have you don't do have to get, get swabbed in your nose every yeah, day. Yeah, you don't have to get tested every single day and he's pissed off that there's consequences to his decisions. And also the whole like I brought it up too, the John Stockton thing. You know, he's yeah. like prominently featured in some. I saw a great line about it too, but he's prominently featured in some like anti-vaxxer YouTube thing. But somebody was like, "Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a. Uh, oh, what was it? He was a witness to the Jordan flu game. Like, of course, he doesn't believe in viruses." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a but, good one. But that's like the whole thing about the I need to do more research crowd. Like, okay, great, John Stockton. What fucking research are you going to do? Is it personal research or do you need to like actually subsidize the researchers of like the virologists? Like we actually have like a couple of virologists, like an epidemiologist, like sort of circling our family. And I can tell you that they have been researching this for fucking years. Like, dedicating their 9 to 5. Like, not even a 9 to 5. They work, like, 12 fucking hours a day all the time doing this shit. I and just love be, that yeah. his... I love there that his go. notes app has a title. It says, look, I'm going to live <laughs> my one life like I want to, regardless. With an ellipses, but there's four dots. And then, in an introduction, everyone, dash, hi, I'm cold <laughs> and I'm not vaccinated. Exclamation point. Uh, also, the, the title of the tweet was public service and yeah, PSA <laughs> from Cole Beasley's like official account where then he needs to introduce himself. Hi, I'm Cole Beasley. Like he's like presenting at AA or something like that. He, he he should, if he wanted to garner some love on Twitter, he should say, hi, I'm Cole Beasley. No relation to Pam Beasley from The Office. <laughs> Viral Sweet. clicks. Viral. Like, like, like. <laughs> By the way, because no, none, none of the viewers at home are going to be able to see this, but Toilet is laying on his stomach right now, and the ass was popping. 
and, I'm just and maneuvering. The, uh, yeah, he's just maneuvering on his bed. So this is this is fun. This is like nineties nineties high school uh, teenage movie right now. Yeah, sitting and gossiping. On our corded phones in yeah, our so bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On our, yeah, laying down on our, laying down on our stomachs, uh, talking funny, about gossip. Funny aside, um, since you commented on the booty popping, I came down to toilets this weekend, working in the yard. Um, got a little sure. sweaty, you know, working in the yard. Came inside, take a shower, and then uh, change. And I realized that I didn't bring any underpants with me. Oh no! So. We were running chores later. I did have some shorts with the liners built in that got me through like another day. Um, but then we were running chores the next day, and where did we end up? But my favorite store, Menards. No. <laughs> and I said, "There's no way they have underpants at Menards." Oh, stop! There. When was the last time you went to a Menards? Um, it's been a while, but I don't. I don't often go to the clothing section. It's <laughs> fair. Um. There was a nice Carhartt aisle. I kept going. Um, they had some like Menards merchandise. You can own a Menards T-shirt that just says Menards on the front. I feel like that should have been an automatic purchase. So it definitely would have been too, an automatic right? purchase. But I was frantically looking for underpants, and I found them, boys. I am a proud owner of a three pack of rugged wear underpants. Hi, I'm Cole Beasley and I'm not wearing <laughs> underpants. I'm Cole Beasley and I endorse rugged wear underwear. You can only get them at hardware stores. I was, I was shocked. You didn't get any like Duluth buck naked ones. I'm oh, sure that they, that, they, they little, sell at Menards. High brow for Menards. Yeah. It's a little high end. They didn't have any I've, choices. They had one choice. I've always said, I mean, if you want to get like flannels and stuff, like Tractor Supply Center, like they tractor got a lot of great I've always said yeah, Tractor Supply fleet. Center is a great place. I have always said, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Oh. Well, hopefully uh, Stockton and Cole Beasley find the research that they're well, looking for. Cole, Cole had the all-time line. And and I, I posted this in the group me, but it was like, you know, people worrying so much about science these days. What about God's will? So oh, there you go. Take yeah. that. Take that, atheists. You know, Toilet, I think you're just showcasing your millennial lifestyle subsidy where you can walk into any <laughs> hardware store and find underwear. <laughs> this Ace Hardware doesn't have underwear. <laughs> So privileged, expecting underpants at every store I go into. This Walmart doesn't that, have Kevin? handguns, right? <laughs> hey, Kevin, how about you invent an app that delivers underwear to stupid men who produce <laughs> Yes. No, 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 no. We have underwear headquarters in all of, like, the major destination cities because all of us idiots forget to pack underwear or socks, and then all of a sudden you just go, oh, shit, I need to have $9.99 under or $9.99 underwear shipped to me. <laughs> this is just for, where the Japanese are decades dollars. ahead of us with the underwear vending machines that they have. What? Wait. Vending really? machine? Yes. For why? Um... Don't look it up if you're on your work computer. Uh, oh. Some of the underwear might be used uh, in oh. like, it, yeah, it's like more like a fetish thing. But like, it could be just like an opportunity for uh, you know, like just selling underwear. You know, what's the use level we're talking? Gently used or heavy, yeah. heavily used? How much soil? Yeah, we talk. Um, we talk. We talking like toilet post wedding sweatiness level or we uh, uh we, we don't necessarily need to go there but i think like if we're gonna turn this into an app 
you know, like who soils their underwear the most other than children? Drunk people, right? So we call it yep. pissed without the E in it. <laughs> and like, and if you're like pissing your, oh, your underwear after, you know, a nice... <laughs> I'll deliver you some some new underoos. <laughs> new underoos. <laughs> Pissed. P i s s d. Welcome. And to then the we game. go. And then we go public. And trade under the simple piss. Mm. <laughs> wow. Uh, Buy call options. Piss. Uh, Luke, you got a couple bangers over here. You want to go with one of these? Uh... Just get called up into CNBC to talk about the future pissed. Did you guys see that tube in his back, by the way? Yes! Yes! yes. Nothing might... like getting first day back at work and having to explain to America the last time he... everyone saw you. He full on explained it, too. Full, full explanation. He, like, oh, we heard. He's helping out at food banks because he masturbates too much. Tubin is not a name you forget. They didn't no, need to explain that. Who would honestly that. argue that cancel culture exists when Jeffrey Tubin <laughs> is getting another turn on national television after masturbating on camera on a work call? That's oh true. God. I was kind of shocked to see that he still had a job. Because he looks like an older gentleman. It seems like he could just retire if he wanted to. Oh, he's he's also in therapy for it, too. Oh, great! But I mean, he 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 busted out. He busted out everything that you needed in the, in the, uh, in the PR playbook. Do you think working he... on himself, therapy, and then he's also helping charity too? Because you know, we, pe- what people want to do is take food from the hands of a masturbator. Did he? <laughs> did he self-impose those restrictions? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like an like an NCAA school, like Arizona State. Like, oh, we we're gonna self-sanction on this one. And we're gonna it's, it's like when uh, you know a bachelor contestant like goes back into their 2011 tweets and they said something <laughs> racist. I'm doing the work. I'm taking time to personally reflect. It's like, no, you just got caught like jerking it with your camera on because you're like feel licensed to do that on a work call. Like, and then the Q1 quarterly earnings, and you're just over here just, like, beating it. <laughs> Shout out. Well, I mean, the quarterly earnings for Pissed will do that to people. <laughs> get so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, this is the ne- – and then the next venture of Pissed will be – and you have Pissed your underwear, we'll just wash it with you standing in your underwear. All right, boys. So there we go. We should probably stop talking about piss. Yeah. So um, we've talked about the Chicago Reader classified ads before and how Mm -hmm. they're free and how they're accessible to basically anybody. And sometimes, you know, it's not just like people posting earnest personal ads, but sometimes they'll just like straight up publish um, the thoughts of a schizophrenic person. And I think that we got one of those this week. And I know that you're cringing because I said it's a schizophrenic person toilet. But I think the way that this person is thinking about it is like they're Perez Hilton circa 2006 and they're a gossip columnist. But they don't have a place to get their gossip column out. So they're just going to put it in the classified ads of a free newspaper. Genius. You think this is like some comedian from Second City doing this? As I, a bit? 
I hope not. Okay. <laughs> because if it's a comedian doing it, like, trying to be funny, then it's not funny. But if it's just somebody who, like, came up with this in their mind, um, then I then it is funny. So this is in the personal section because... My mind's eye. <laughs> I, I guess, like, there's nowhere else that this fits. So the title is Inside Insight. La Gaga was seen with Tracy Guns and Britney Beach Spears at the world party. We laugh when Motley Crue, Black Sabbath, Aerosmith, ACDC were telling jokes. Bieber came with Blake and Gwen. What a fun night. Buy CDs, Guns N' Roses, Love, Hollywood Rose, Guns N' Roses Reports, Rockstar Bunny Text. Send classified ads. We're going to put that in print. Publish. I don't this even know where to begin. Yeah. Where where I'd like to begin is this melange of like 80s metal bands with the current or like 2008 pop Justin stars. <laughs> Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, and Justin Bieber. La Gaga. I could see them hanging out. With Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue. That I don't see. <laughs> like yeah. the old, with fat Axl Rose. It's like eating. Is he fat a, now? Yeah. Oh, dude, oh, the, the lead singer of Motley Crue is big boy, too. I'm looking it up. He got big. I forgot what his name is. Those guys either get fat or they go like the way of Tommy Lee, where he weighs like 97 pounds. Oh, man. Axl Rose is a big boy. <laughs> and he's with his yeah, braids, too. Vince Neal. Vince Neil is the lead singer. Wait, didn't Axl Rose used to have like a, a romance show on MTV? You're thinking Brett of... Michaels. Yeah. Uh, what was Rock he? What, love. What, what? What? Um. What band was he in, Luke? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> they, they're all they're all kind of the same, just kind of like womanly, sort of dressed men with and, high that, Androg- androgynous look that like Bowie popularized. They took I, I, I don't. I don't want to like. I don't want to. You know, throw shade at David Bowie for the way that I'm not. Th- I'm not. I'm not throwing shade at David Bowie. I mean, what's also hilarious is like is like poison. The, I was right. Uh, oh, poison. What's also hilarious is like the boomers who are like, this is the peak of masculinity this is what men <laughs> used to act like not like uh these sort of like a fet millennial zoomer pop stars like uh, i don't even know like uh yeah we having long hair long hair and having uh, a tenor voice is the peak of masculinity i don't know i guess they would compare it to like sam or justin bieber probably just like and I guess that's what, like, all the K-pop is, too. It's just, like, androgynous Whoa. sort of pop music with different haircuts. What? Oh, you, yep. You just angered a BTS stan. You that's just the perfect way for us BTS to get famous, stan. guys, is to get all the K-pop people pissed off at Luke. Yes, there we go. I stand K-pop with you. stands. I stand Zach with and you, Toilet K-pop. Stand with the K-pop stands. Get em. I, I, I spot the lie. Where, where, did I put a, where did I put a foot out of place? Wait, is it like eight people that has one meal at McDonald's? I don't understand that. Do they all eat the same <laughs> meal? We're going to talk about the BTS meal at McDonald's. I'm going to look it up. Which is oh, just like chicken see? McNuggets and an Oreo McFlurry. <laughs> there was like, someone went viral because they were like, 
All right, if you're not a BTS fan, you should yes. be going to McDonald's and ordering the BTS meal because there's real fans like me out there who can't get it because too many people are ordering it. I truly I am aware of that. That was awesome. Okay, the BTS meal. Oh, there's a lot of ads. Oh man, they are targeting me. Um <laughs> they know that you're in the BTS army. It looks like nuggets, fries and a coke. I don't understand how that's a BTS meal. <laughs> It's like the Travis Scott meal or the Jay Balvin meal. And oh. like credit to McDonald's because they're like doing these like quote unquote partnerships with like these big music stars. But the meal is just like a quarter pounder. <laughs> um, so it looks like it's the sauces that are the interesting part. You've got new limited time sauces picked by BTS and inspired by McDonald's in South Korea. Oh, okay. So we're doing the Szechuan sauce thing again. You can, I'm not yeah, saying exactly. that's Korean, but that's what's happening here. You can get a sweet and sour sweet chili sauce or hot mustard with chili and peppers in the Cajun sauce. How's that Cajun? I like Cajun sauce. Uh, people forget all of the Cajuns that live in South Korea. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> that's what we call the other bayou. <laughs> They have different sauces in South Korea. This is bullshit. I need to be getting it in America. The Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce flipped out, flip out, you know, like the guy who is like screaming at the McDonald's employee. That was the McDonald's that's like closest to my house. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that was, that was a Chicago thing. People like murder each other for the Szechuan sauce. It was going on eBay for like 10 grand or something. Thank you, Dan Harmon, or Justin Roiland, or whatever. Thank, thank you for that peak Darren cultural Rebell. moment. Darren yeah, yeah, that was a big time, Darren Ravel. Leave that out. Um, well, did you have more thoughts about the Chicago Reader ad, Luke? Because I'm just gravely confused by it. Yeah, me too. I, I'm confused as to, also, like, bearing the lead here, this is the second week in a row that they published this exact classified ad. <laughs> oh, I didn't get what they were looking there for we on go. this one. And it's not like they aren't rotating it out and nobody is reading it because they're making a choice to publish it. So I'm wondering if they're just like, what is not making it? Like, if this makes the cut, what is being left on the editing room floor? <laughs> is there any blank space? Uh, there was blank space because oh. there's a little comic, I guess if you could call it here, it just says happy pet owner and it's a picture <laughs> of like a child's drawing of a very hairy man <laughs> wait luke i i think i think we've found where we need to do our first bit of advertisement yeah listen it's, to our podcast yeah let's do it let's do it let's put it in the chicago reader yeah we can be published published our published authors then Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get. That's how we'll get our blue checks on Twitter is by publishing classified ads. Uh, all right, boys. Do you want to hear one of mine? Yeah. All right. Do you have a looking at the Google sheet here? Do you have a uh, interest? Let's just go with the top one. We're okay. About, we're about uh, fifty minutes in. Okay. So have you guys heard of the idea of Freemasonry or Freemasons? Yes. Yeah. Of okay. course. They, they rule the world. So I didn't know. Look at, have they... you ever looked at a dollar before? This is the start of the Illuminati conspiracy. Well, you're talking about Freemasons, man. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. Okay. So I didn't know that Careful. this was a thing. I was basically at a bar a couple weeks ago. 
and we were chatting with the um, bartender, which was just like a Barking. thing that I missed in quarantine was like t- like generally positive banter chatter with strangers. Um, not talking about like small talk that you don't want to participate in, but like genuine, like some teasing, you know, just good old back and forth banter with the bartender. Yeah, yesterday in line at the Kroger, I talked with the dude behind me for like two minutes about how much we love the sweet, spicy Doritos. And just a, <laughs> it was a great shot. It was a great shot of energy for the day. It was a awesome. genuine conversation with a genuine person. Yeah. About genuine? Did you both have the sweet and spicy Doritos in your? No, cup? no. I, I was. I had because I'm a grown up man. I had two bags of chips and a six pack of beer, and the man behind me had two six packs of beer because we are grown men, and that's what grown men do. That's our diet: potato chips and beer. Hell yeah! Sorry, keep uh, going, toilet. No, you're good. So yeah, we're just kind of chatting, and she's like, "Oh, you guys should stick around. The Freemasons are about to get here," and I'm like. <laughs> Like what? Like, like I guess I've been thinking about like redoing the front of my house. The whole <laughs> I can ask the question. <laughs> She's like, no, like Freemasons. Like it's basically like an adult fraternity. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And one of my friends that I was with is like, yeah, you haven't like heard of this before. And then he explained basically for it sounds like the two of you know what I'm talking about. It's basically like. It dates back to like very early days. I read the Wikipedia, which was very insightful and I'm sure totally accurate. Um, where like Masons, the people who worked on and built religious buildings, came to some kind of understanding or were like more in tune with what was going the goings on of the churches and whatnot. So kind of like conspiracy theories, but also like a sense of fraternity because the, they had like information that other people didn't or whatever. Yep. Um, and it's basically over the years shifted into like a modern day fraternity where it's there's different sects and th- things, things like that. But the general premise is like it's a man only group of people who like are Masons during the day, have their fraternity meetings once a week, much like if you were in college, and were in a fraternity or sorority, much like that, like a, an elected person who I guess does like merch and like a note taker. And historian merch. merch. Fine, fine, finally, it's a place where guys can be dudes. Phil, it's your turn to work the merch table for the <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like a modern day frat. Like the guys just frat around and do fratty stuff and mason do masonry during the days. Like, do you guys know anyone who's like a part of this community or like any kind of yes, insights here? Us. The Shriners are also like a sub-segment of the Masons, too, if you're familiar with the Shriners. I'm not. My uh, my grandpa is a Shriner. What is that? Uh, they're the guys who wear the little hats. They, 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 the, it's like Masons, but they wear a fez. Yeah, they wear a, they wear a fez. <laughs> and, and then they drive, they drive small cars in parades. They drive the little small cars in parades. Yeah, he had all that stuff. I, I think it's like the same exact thing. I, look, I don't really know. I don't want to be disrespectful to any of this stuff, but I always just like associated it with that Stonecutters episode of The Simpsons where it's just like they're basically just looking for excuses to get together and just drink beers. Exactly. That's on what the, I on the, we- on the weekday. Like, I think that's kind of what the Freemasons turned into. Like, I bet it's kind of like, like Toilet, you were, you were tangentially in a frat, right, in college? Yes. Okay, so, like, you learn the history of your, like, the frats, and, like, they usually start off as, like, you know, 
guys who like wanted to sit around and talk about Oliver Wilde and, and shit and Oscar like Wilde? Oscar Wilde. Wow, holy cow, <laughs> Oscar Wilde, uh, Oliver um, Twist Wilde, Oliver Twist, Oscar Wilde. That's Oliver Wilde, uh, Oscar. Tw- uh, oh my god, Oscar Wilde, and like talk about the the uh, the. Uh, you're writing down the the title of this episode, aren't you, jerk? No. But um, yeah, that's how they sort of started, and now they've like morphed into like just drinking clubs. Yeah, like the first part of the Wikipedia is the Masonic Lodge, which just looks like this dope ass room with like leather bound books and leather furniture we, and dudes smoking cigars. Say, say, yeah, we we used to we used to do uh, fraternity initiation at a Masonic Lodge. It's pretty; they're pretty cool on the inside. Um, well, yeah. Ahead. And if you look it up too, like there's like all this stuff about like the sacred geometry of Washington D.C. because like the way that all the government buildings in D.C. and the way the National Mall is set up is like heavily inspired and done by Masons and like all of the presidents were Masons to begin with. So that's sort of like like a seat of power sort of thing, like sort of like what the Skull and Bones Society would be today, where it's just like everybody was a part of it who's in like a seat of power. Um, but yeah, did you, did you stick around for them to show up? I'm curious as to what, like the Masonic Lodge of the Northwest suburbs who's showing up to whatever bar you're at is, is like, yeah, I don't know if they're not allowed to drink at the, um, like the lodge that they were like meeting in or whatever. Um, but then they, they, I guess every Monday at like 10, they show up to the same bar every week. But, um, looking at the Wikipedia, it looks like there's two different branches of freemasonry where there's regular and continental regular (laughs) insists that the volume of scripture be open in a working lodge and that every member possess a belief in a supreme being that no women be admitted and that the discussion of religion and politics are banned how is that so you have to be religious but we're not talking about religion yep. is is that what i'm picking up here that's a little we're just not going to talk about it also <laughs> but you can't no talk women. about politics <laughs> I, I think that means just like we're not letting jewish people in i think that's just like a code word for that i, I think that also means that we're just going to have like sports talk debates over over beer if we can't talk about religion or politics what, what does continental mean that they have an omelet bar uh, no, Continental is um, basically like the get-out-of-jail-free card. Consists of jurisdictions that have been removed some or all of these restrictions. Oh, so they're like the insane sects of like gangs. But they might have women. I mean, Continental style sounds cooler. I also sent you guys a link to uh, the Elks Memorial building yeah. in Chicago. It's like the craziest building it's it's beautiful and it's on like a sick piece of property like right across from diversity harbor who are we elks care Elks share are you an elk i'm i'm a person (laughs) 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 they bring so much more than golf courses wait (laughs) elks bring so much more to the world than golf courses what is this same thing it's just like a fraternity for old people okay cool old people frat we should join that in a couple years that's essentially what a country club is too right just with like more steps yeah higher dues higher dues 
Yeah. There's also so, Moose Club too, right? Yeah. Depending on what country club you're part of, too, they might do the no women in religion thing, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I guess that's just Augusta National, right? Those are the staples we're looking we're, for. We're the only woman who's a member no. is Condoleezza Rice. Is that still the case? <clears throat> yeah, and uh, and then also, like, what, Butler National and Chicago Golf, I think, are men only still. Wow. White men only. Probably. Prob- probably. Yikes. Uh, you guys want to call it there? Is there anything else you want to talk about this week? Do we want to talk about the Arlington Heights Bears really quick? Uh, yes, let's okay, do it. Okay, let's, yeah, let's touch base on that before we lose steam on on any of the uh, on any of the news of, of that. So, so, of that. so like, if any of you listeners at home don't know, the Bears submitted a bid for the Arlington Heights racetrack, which is awesome. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. I think it'd be great to have the stadium out in the suburbs. I know our resident city liver will probably say no. Right? No, uh, honestly, I I don't care. Like I, I, Chicago doesn't really gain much by having Bears games at Soldier Field. I was always of the the opinion that like Soldier Field in its current iteration needs to be raised and they need to like return it to original soldier field and build like an actual NFL stadium because right now they're just getting the worst of both worlds. Wait, I thought we were going to jackhammer around it and push it into Lake Michigan. I mean that too. (laughs) And have a channel that goes back. Well, the idea was that you would destroy soldier field and then use the debris to create a man-made Island in the middle of Lake Michigan. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) And then, depending on how well the team did, you could push it further out yeah. into Lake Michigan and make it Indiana's problem. Yeah. <laughs> but but honestly, like, I, I don't really mind. It's like, whatever, man. I think I think it'd be I think it'd be awesome. I mean, you get you get it out in that in that space. You build a brand new stadium, get Super Bowls, like super I, close. I think to the city of Arlington O'Hare. Heights is really underestimating like how much of a pain in the ass having a stadium is going to be in that neighborhood. Yeah, the infrastructure increase is going to be great. Like that's what Northwest Highway right there, and that's a four lane highway, res- like a stop and go four lane highway. Like how are they? Yeah, gonna get, 53 like, is right there 50, too. Fifty three is going to have to be. Fifty three is going to have to be extended. Or you just say all of you need to take Metra, and that's it. You have no choice. Ooh, okay. Oh my god! That I Metra didn't even realize the implications dope. for Metra. Well, that's well. I think that, well, that's awesome. Well, I mean, at least you have you have something there already. Instead of having to build out a line or yeah. build out a station, I figured it was already in a pretty good spot because there's already a huge parking lot there. There is a a, a highway there. There's an expressway I, nearby. There is, and then like. I don't even like they they could you know they you have like Schaumburg right for all the corporate shit yeah. like you have that you have like the you have the infrastructure built out there and it's like right down the street basically from Arlington Heights um and then you're super close to O'Hare too like and then yeah. you have all the like one of the things they worry about in some of these places of putting Super Bowls is like worrying about the accommodations and you wouldn't have to like that wouldn't be a problem Oh, I'm glad we're already planning a Super Bowl for early well, tonight. Well, I mean, if we're getting well, Super Bowl 2026. 20, I thought that they said that there's a contract where the Bears have to be in Soldier Field through 2033. Uh, lawyers, you could probably break that. Okay. Probably break the lease. I don't know. I don't know if you want to mess with Lori Lightfoot. She had some pretty strong words for the Chicago Bears so after that dumb. news broke. That was so funny. Like, why don't you, 
beat the Packers and stay relevant past October. Like, well, the Bears suck, but they did just make the playoffs and they beat the Packers two years ago. So, yeah, take that, Lori. Suck it, Lori. Take that, Lori. We're really discounting the advantage that Chicago Park District gives the home team, though. <laughs> yeah, the the twelfth the twelfth man is uh, the Chicago Bears turf. That's true. And it works well, for both defenses too. How do the horses do on the on the turf in Arlington? Is there a, a terrible surface? <laughs> no, no, no. What they need to do is just absolutely just like keep Arlington Heights how it is. So like have a stadium where you only have stands on one side. Mm, oh, yeah. so, like, like a yeah. grandstand and yeah, the yeah, football yeah, like field is in the middle of it. That would be awesome. I would love that. Yeah, that would be sweet. I also well, saw a picture on uh, Reddit of the Soldier Field, like the footprint of the building against the property of Arlington Racetrack. It's enormous, the racetrack property. Huge. Like, oh, it's, the it's stadium fits in like one corner of it. Dude, tailgating would be off the chain. You'd have enough yeah. room for everyone to drive their car there. Oh, we dude, would go to our friend's house and just walk there. Same. Toilet. Yeah, we would just go um, to Casa de Toilet. Okay, wait, but but toilet. How excited would you be to like put up that like free parking sign? I mean, not free parking. Excuse me, forty uh, dollars parking. parking. Yeah, fifty dollars parking. People park on your um park, on people park on your lawn. Kind of like like a if you've been to a college football town on like a Saturday, and like Madison. I, all yeah. of a sudden, any free space turns into a parking lot. And I just shuttle them over there with my fifty dollars bill. I love it. <laughs> no, then you take no, then they get Ubers. So. Uh, okay, then they get an Uber. Perfect. <laughs> they take we, their, they park their beepy yeah, and then park, I lock them into my yard. And then when they drink too much, they order new underwear on pissed. Pissed. <laughs> <laughs> we have the underwear ready for them when they need it. Uh, that is the perfect pin, but I wanted to ask Luke, isn't this like all this sounds cool, but none of this really matters unless we get the bears out of the McCaskey family's hands because someone actually needs to front load all the money that it's going to take to pay for all this building our own fucking stadium. Building their own fucking stadium. Yeah, I think like there there isn't like a big city that they can go to to like help subsidize the bill. So the current thought is that they're going to go to Cook County. Yeah, like the city of Arlington Heights does not have like a billy in cash to build a stadium. So they're going to try and get the counties to subsidize it. But I don't think the McCaskies are going to fork over a billion dollars when there's already rumblings of the team being sold to build a new entirely new stadium complex that would include like new infrastructure, like a highway ramp and shit like that. I can't yeah, because like the stadium, the stadium alone would be like, what, what did they spend on the SoFi on SoFi Five stadium? Billion. Yeah, so like they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to, you're gonna have to outdo the SoFi Stadium. Well, actually, the, part of that was like the NFL headquarters is there too. So like you probably take, you'd probably take half a billion off, basically saving money at this point. Who would you guys rather have, Bezos, Musk, or Buffett? Buffett, Buffett, but he probably wouldn't. He probably wouldn't buy it. He's probably, no. he's had so many opportunities to buy professional sports teams, and he said no. So it's probably gonna be Bezos. No, 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 no. This is it's honestly it's gonna be it's gonna be some like super boring because the problem is is there are two dudes who own it with the McCaskies because they needed a cash infusion back like in the eighties or something, and so they sold it to like McDonald's execs. So they have first right of refusal, and what they're gonna do is they're just gonna get like one of their like real estate buddies who like 
a guy who's worth like not Sam Zell, but like guys worth like a couple billion who nobody knows about is going to join in the ownership group with them. I think the Bears might be the first like uh, what they do with soccer teams where it's owned by like the United Arab Emirates, something like that. Maybe <laughs> the United States government is going to buy the Bears. <laughs> this bear season is brought to you by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Come visit Mecca. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> And we just have like sheiks like wandering around Bears games with like Midwest drunkards. <laughs> or you go the corporate route and let like Pornhub buy the Bears and then put like a big old Pornhub logo on the on the front of the jersey. <laughs> oh, sweet! And instead of like bank sponsorship, get Pornhub to do it. The Portillo's Bears. <laughs> Portillo's wishes. That's another like VC owned thing. Like that's probably the thing. Like Y Combinator or something's gonna buy the Bears and it's gonna turn into Burrs. <laughs> the Burrs. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Burrs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Alright, boys. I'm, I'm getting tired of McCaskies and their uh, lifestyle subsidy provided by the city of Chicago. They need to bootstrap their way into the suburbs. Yeah, Virginia, come on, let's go. Get it together. Bootstrap your own billion dollars. You have a billion. Alright, bye boys. Love ya. Love ya. As the sun sets on the glaxo climb.